Alrighty, we're back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 540. We're recording live on Tuesday, uh, October the 26th. Uh, Brianna, how's it going? It's going good. I mean, actually, it's going great. So let's see. Two highlights. Uh, Braves are going to the World Series, which starts tonight. It's very exciting. I've got my red and blue and uh, my pearls on, you know, so we are ready in the Lopez house. We're very excited. Um, and today marks my one year anniversary at Samsung, which is crazy. It's flown by. Um, so lots to celebrate today. Yeah. Well, congrats um, on both. That's, that's, uh, those are definitely, uh, important milestones for sure. Um, good. Yeah. And, uh, over here, I'm obviously not in my normal place. I'm in Ottawa, uh, Ontario uh, at a, the Travel Industry Association uh, of Ontario's uh, annual conference, which I'm speaking at this afternoon. And uh, yeah, it's so weird to be, you know, A, traveling, B, in a place where there's like real people in a conference room. And yeah, it's like, it's a strange feeling, but but good as, at the same time. So crazy. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. Huh? Uh, I got to stop by uh, Programmatic IO or Ad Exchanger for a, a second yesterday, and and it was very surreal. Like I saw people that I haven't seen. Um, you know, even some of my my old colleagues from you know Digital Element were there, and and just catch up with people that I hadn't seen in probably two or three years. So it was really, it's very odd, but it was it was nice. It was nice to be back out in some sense of normalcy. So good, yeah. Yeah, same here. Like I, like I, I haven't had a chance yet to go and mingle, but uh, I will do that at the at the break and see, see who's here. So anyhow, all right. Well, we have a good show for you this week. Four stories um, to walk through. A bunch of interesting brand things happening. I think some things that are potentially happening. So I'll let Abriana kick it off, and we'll talk. Yeah, so this is interesting. Um, apparently, PayPal is sniffing around to potentially acquire Pinterest. Very kind of an odd, an odd match, but maybe one that makes sense as well. Um, so they are in early discussions. Um, you know, it may or may not lead to a deal, but you know, Pinterest market value right now is estimated to be about forty billion dollars, um, and obviously, PayPal, you know, would probably really like to increase their portfolio. And this is an interesting play for them. Um, you know, more and more uh, shopping is happening through Pinterest. I use it for that sometimes now. Um, and so, you know, having that money transaction place uh, and social media at the same time is, is an interesting play. You know, PayPal's down um, at the time that the story came out, PayPal shares were down about 6%. And then, um, and and Pinterest stock, you know, was up about 13%. You know, I'm sure that's changing as these talks continue and maybe that will have some impact on, on that market. But, um, you know, the other, the other thing that's interesting about this is that there's also been some recent statements by the CEO, Karen Webster, um, just about how they want to have this sort of super app, right? PayPal super app. Um, you know, saying that no consumer is really going to have 40 or 50 apps on their phone. I mean, raise of hands, though, like I have way over 40 or 50 apps on my phone. And not that it wouldn't be nice to have things streamlined, but I'm not sure that PayPal is going to be the one that can actually change consumer behavior or consolidate a bunch into a super app. Um, but, you know, they, they have this, you know, super app and they're trying to offer customers like a simplified, personalized experience. 
um, you know, having multiple like financial apps, shopping apps, everything all in one place. So, you know, eliminating, remembering passwords, you know, you're tracking your loyalty across different things that I like. I like the idea of loyalty across multiple brands and multiple spending places, being able to kind of be amplified um, and not having to just use your, you know, Delta Sky Miles on flights, but being able to use it kind of across the board sounds cool. Um, you know, but they're really looking to combine like payments, loyalty, money transfers, uh, you know, a savings account, all of these different things into one, um, you know, and it's interesting. So I think that, you know, being able to really have like things in one place is one thing, but, uh, you know, from possibly an acquisition standpoint, I, I, I don't know. My, my, my concern is like, what happens to Pinterest after that? You know, do they just operate separately and it gets built into a super app or, or do things change? Because I think Pinterest has been on a pretty good trajectory. Um, you know, they've slowly and, and steadily continued to grow and incorporate new features and functionality. Um, and I think that's really strong, but I do think the PayPal involvement there from their, you know, their business perspective makes, makes a ton of sense. So what do you think? I think it's an interesting discussion, right? And I, I read subsequently in the last couple of days that they seem to be sort of backing down right now uh, on this and like, it's not dead, but they're like, yeah, you know, we think it's interesting, but you know, maybe now is not the right time, you know, maybe, you know, we, we kind of revisit this, but it seems like, you know, they're trying to sort of, you know, sort of slow down the share, you know, the share price kind of, you know, from dropping too fast here. Uh, but, but I do think it's, it's an interesting combination, right. To bring something like Pinterest into, into the pay, PayPal portfolio, if you will. Yeah. I, I mean, super apps. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about kind of bringing payments and loyalty and all those things together under one banner. Um, but I'm like, Pinterest is something, you know, to me that sort of should live on its own, right? You know, I, I don't have a problem with it being owned by PayPal or, or you know, leveraging, you know, uh, user bases across multiple platforms or things like that. But it, to me, it's the kind of thing it needs to sort of stay on its own. It's got a great brand. It's got a great, uh, you know, growing user base. The other thing I like about Pinterest is, is that it's, they've done a really good job on the local side of things. So they're, you know, if you talk to any of their country managers or regional type of people like they they really dig into the data in terms of you know what people are interested in what people are pinning uh in different countries in different cities and different like so they they really segment their data well from a geo point of view um and i think that's interesting uh, obviously you know in the location world we you know we, we would find that stuff interesting but I, I think it's uh yeah I mean you know there's definitely and the value is there for sure in terms of, uh, of what they've built right um, but um, yeah I, I can see it as a, as a combination of you know bringing it inside of the PayPal portfolio but I don't you know I, I hope that if it happens they keep keep the brand alive and keep it running on its own and not sort of bring it into this super app as they call it because i i i don't know I, I i don't agree with the fact that people are gonna like have only 20 apps on their phone and one of them is going to be this paypal super app no i don't think so yeah um, but yeah i think that whenever any company sets out to purposefully change consumer behavior um it 
becomes a challenge. Consumer behavior adapts because of the environment, not necessarily because you create a super app, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, moving on to our second story. So now we're talking about Starbucks and uh, possibly teaming up with Amazon. This is very interesting. So, uh, you know, we've covered on the show over the years, you know, when Amazon first launched their, you know, um, walkout technology, you know, they had their, you know, Amazon Go stores uh, where you just walk in, pick stuff off the shelf, walk out, and it's kind of charged to you. And they built all this kind of technology and, and, and expertise around sort of this cashierless store. Well, Starbucks is, uh, you know, has been watching and I guess taking interest in this and now is reportedly interested in testing out a Starbucks cashierless store using Amazon's tech. Uh, so the two companies are in discussions about partnering and exploring this. And, you know, I think from a grab and go point of view, um, you know, I can see this, you know, but I, but I do think there's something about Starbucks and its brand and you know the barista culture and things like that that you know i think could easily get lost in this they say that in, in the article i was reading about this that you know if something like this were to go forward they would create a new brand uh around this um so i guess that makes sense because you don't really to me you don't you don't want to diminish you know sort of what is you know the starbucks brand today right and um so so i i you know i, I think it's interesting i i think coffee is one of those things where it is about convenience not that they only sell coffee but you know it, it is about convenience and so i can see this type of technology working well um i think the the challenge here for me is is that you know what else are you going to sell in this store right because if it's just coffee you can do pickup lines in the regular starbucks store and you know people prepay with their app and they grab it and they walk out right it's not you know, so there's got to be, you know, a wider set of product offering in this type of store, I think. Um, so I'm interested and intrigued to kind of learn what that might be. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I echo most of your, your sentiments there. I, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that you're right. You know, that was my thought is that Starbucks really is the baristas that they have there and they're good and they do a good job and they're fast. And, you know, I think that's effective. The other issue I have with something that is like this from a coffee perspective is that coffee is very personalized. Everybody takes it differently. You know, not everybody. I mean, I drink my coffee black, no cream, no sugar. It's pretty hard to mess that up. But, a lot, you know, a lot of the reasons why you go to Starbucks is to get, you know, a mocha latte with oat milk and you know this and that and an extra shot and it gets messed up sometimes you know when i do adventure out of <laughs> my normal coffee to get something you know different a lot of times it doesn't come the way that i actually ordered it and and having that i think you know hey can i get some more sugar can i do this or you know i asked for it iced and this is hot yeah you can have those systems in place but i think that the having that customer service experience is like kind of something that Starbucks is pretty good at generally. You usually have some consistency there across the board. So I do think that you lose out on the Starbucks brand if they roll it out under, you know, another brand name, then possibly it could work. Um, but again, like you said, they could do that with the existing stores, have people kind of, hey, you can purchase it however you want, like it's your way, um, you know, grab and go or have a full experience. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's something again, testing, exploring. Yeah. I think they should test and explore, but what, what is the benefit? And, and again, how does consumer behavior change, you know, to adapt to something? Yeah. Like, that? like I'd rather see, I'd rather see Starbucks kind of try something where, you know, they lean into their loyalty program, right? Like where, for example, like there's, there, there's a line or, you know, a thing that's just for frequent Starbucks customers, right? Um, you know, that, you know, have a certain level of loyalty or points or whatever, you know, sort of, I, I talk about this all the time. I think so many retailers should be embracing loyalty, right? Like, you know, if you, even, even the grocery store, like, I don't understand why, like, if I'm somebody who goes to the grocery store every single week and I'm spending, you know, a hundred dollars every time or whatever, I, there should be just like you have the cashier for like, if you have 10 items or less or whatever you should have one that's just for like frequent you know customers that are spending a lot of money right just like when you go to the airlines and you have like the frequent flyer uh lines that check in early like it like this should be something that's happening in retail to me but could be yeah i mean i think that there's definitely benefits to to having that type of loyalty um and sometimes, you know, I don't, I, I think it just depends on the brand and the message too, because I don't think you're going to see like a Trader Joe's treat any customers differently based on how much they spend because they say that they're already giving the best prices. Right. Yeah. Um, but then I could see that happening perhaps with some of the other grocery store brands, you know, perhaps like a Whole Foods or something, um, especially when you have so, sort of those, you know, delivery option aspects too. So definitely a lot more to explore on, on the food and coffee. <laughs> um, so kind of staying with retail a little bit, but you know, a shift is Walmart is, is testing again, always testing, uh, but they're testing something new called text to shop text technology. Um, so, you know, they have a, a ton of data, obviously, um, 150 million online and in-store customer visits per week. Uh, so data from all of that. Um, and so they are trying to look at two different kind of delivery, you know, quick delivery options. So how do we get customers what they want? Um, faster. So one is tailored towards merchants and suppliers, and then the other is for consumers. So the one that is tailored to merchants and suppliers is called Walmart Illuminate. So this is a suite of data products, um, and this is for the internal merchants and outside vendors. And they they are building this with the help of it's a company called Dunhumby, um, and they actually worked with Kroger to help them make um, you know build this this uh, platform called 84.51 degrees, uh, their data and media company that Kroger has. So that's kind of interesting that they're looking to partner kind of with them in the same way. So, you know, according to, to their website, they are going to be offering Luminate to these, you know, primary end users for merchandising account, brand shopper assortment optimization, you know, all of these different things. So they're gonna pull all this data together and show different things, for example, like seasonal promotions, packaging redesigns, you know, all of these different things, the sales channels um, and how performance may or may not be affected for these different um, SKUs or brands that place their products within Walmart. So they'll be able to kind of survey customers, see what drove purchasing decisions and get all that data back. I think this is super valuable. Um, you know, this is what those SKU providers and those brands and CPGs really, really need is having that better understanding. And I think a lot of times that gets lost because, you know, when you're looking for that data, 
to back your advertising decisions, it, it can be complicated at that at that level because you need that point of sale data or you know you need that um, intent based data and and that's really hard to come by. Um, so I think this is really interesting that Walmart would be opening this up to brands. I think it's super valuable. Um, and so this would be for the U.S., you know, U.S.-based merchants and really, you know, getting all of those insights aggregated or generated from, they said, 2 billion baskets per, per quarter, um, you know, really just trying to, like, make faster decisions for merchants. So, one, that's really cool. The other side of things is that um, they are beta testing something called text-to-shop. So they want customers to be able to potentially just use voice, uh, voice text in their Walmart shopping list, um, and then you can just kind of send that in, I guess, you know, to see how that works. So they're testing this and it's called their uh, Walmart store number eight, which is their incubation arm. And just trying to figure out how do customers prefer, um, you know, this type of a shopping experience, a conversational experience. Um, you know, I find this interesting, really they're, they're aiming to remove friction from the shopping experience. But when I think of what the friction points are with shopping in a Walmart or online with Walmart, I can think of about 10 other things that have nothing to do with me talking um, to that <laughs> in my order. The friction points are like, there's not enough staff, it's a mess, there's no customer service, um, or that the filter is not really good when you're shopping for something online. There's way too many you know, responses and you can't actually have, you know, you don't have time to go through all of them and find really what you're looking for. So I think of those as the friction points. So I think it's interesting that they're really focused on, well, what about consumers, you know, who want to talk in their order? However, I do think that it is interesting to have conversational ways to interact with brands and retailers. Um, it would be nice. I know that, you know, if you're talking to um, you know, a, an assistant for, you know, a virtual assistant, for example, that I won't say the name of right now, um, then, you know, you can ask them to add something to a list. And I think that that can be helpful, but sometimes it's also, uh, you know, it takes more time to do than it's actually worth. Um, and it's not actually saving time. So that's my take on the friction points, text to order and, um, the aggregated data thoughts. Yeah, so starting with the aggregated data, uh, you know, I, I think this is exactly the kind of thing that, you know, companies like Walmart need to be doing. I mean, we've talked the last couple of weeks about a number of other retailers that are starting to sort of figure out ways to, you know, bring their data together in a meaningful way and then look for ways to monetize that data, right? Um, because they're realizing that, you know, they, they need new revenue streams. They need to kind of think beyond just the goods they sell in their stores and into the data that they have is has value. And, you know, how do we unlock that value? How do we find, you know, revenue from it, whether that's you know, we get into the advertising business, you know, like we talked about the other week, or, you know, we're just licensing data, um, you know, to, to other organizations. So I, I'm all over that. And I think, you know, Walmart obviously, you know, has a ton of data, uh, as does Kroger and, and many others. And, and so, you know, finding ways to sort of unlock that, I think is, is critical. So I'm, I'm all in on, on where they're going with that. As far as the text um, service, you know, it, it's, I'm kind of less excited about that. I think, um, you know, a number of organizations have tried this over the years. I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, if they can build some sort of exclusive offer into it that's being broadcast on text, you know, and people are looking for, you know, that savings or that, you know, something that's going to trigger, 
you know, an engagement on there, then, you know, I, I can see it, you know, working. Like I, there's a number of retailers here in Canada that, you know, over the years, um, you know, I've shopped at or clothing retailers or such. And you, and they, a lot of them have these things where you go in and they say, you know, sign up to our, you know, uh, text, uh, service and, you know, you'll save 10% on your purchases today, you know, just for signing up kind of thing. And so, you know, I've done a couple of those just to try them out and see how they work. Um, but now like you're on it and you're getting like these text messages with these offers or, you know, here's the special that's going on in the store. Like, you know, they're sending you a couple of these every month. And so, and, and most of the time I like ignore it and every once in a while I'm like, okay, you know, that's actually something I'm interested in. So I'll go in and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take advantage of that. So, so, so I think it's, you know, the, from a friction point of view, it's like, I don't know, is there that much friction there? I, I, you know, I don't really see a lot of that, but from a, you know, if you can tie it into some sort of offering type of platform, you know, and, and leverage the data to understand that particular user in some way, and you can connect it back to something that's actually meaningful to them, then I think the two things actually combined make a ton of sense. So, and then, yeah, then there's the virtual assistant piece you talked about. So we won't go into all of that, but, but I do think there's, there's a play there. And I, I know a number of uh, retailers like Walmart have been exploring that. So. Alrighty, on to our final story then for this week. Um, there's a company called Fast Simon. It was formerly called InstaSearch Plus, Instant Search Plus, sorry. Uh, and they've launched a new AI visual discovery suite. So essentially what these guys are doing and what they're going after is um, enabling shoppers, users to um, you know, use images on their smartphones, whether that's Instagram or some store e-commerce catalog or whatever images of, of things that they see and, and essentially shop by image search. And this, so it's not a new concept. I mean, years ago, uh, we talked about Amazon kind of getting into this space and had built their own um, image, you know, uh, recognition technology and things like that. So, you know, I think what's a little bit different here is, you know, there's sort of an AI, you know, engine that's powering this behind the scenes, um, you know, and sort of uh, identifying objects that are, you know, in the image and then matching that up with merchants um, that can, you know can sell you something that is either the, that exact product or some you know reasonable um, you know replacement for that product um, and finding so so it's it's a neat platform in the sense that it's matching you know consumer interests coming from image you know something they've identified as something they're interested in with merchants you know that you know can can deliver a product on that so you know it's a, I like it in the sense that it's kind of bridging these two two worlds together uh, using AI to kind of find those those right merchants and making those product recommendations on the other side and that it's you know powered through image you know based search essentially and this is like you know, going back a couple of years, you know, as we looked at sort of trends coming, this fits right into that. I know, you know, we talked a lot about sort of where search was going at one point and kind of saying it was kind of moving away from, you know, traditional, you know, type something into Google and, and get the results and moving more towards image recognition or image-based search, visual search, if you will, and voice, um, which, you know, we were just alluding to there in the previous story at the end. Um, and so, I, so I think that there's definitely a lot of room for growth in this space. 
I don't think Fast Simon will be the only player here. I think, as I said, uh, I know Amazon has technology here, Google has technology here, um, and I think this whole idea of shopping, you know, based on images, um, you know, makes a ton of sense. And if you and, and if you think about, you know, the first story today about Pinterest, you know, platforms like that are perfectly aligned to this type of of, of commerce, if you will. So. Um, but if you haven't checked it out yet, check out Fast Simon and uh, take a look. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like this. I agree that there probably won't be the only player, but it is a feature that I use a lot going back to, you know, our first time with Pinterest. Like I use that feature a lot um, within that platform because I'll find something that I like um, and I want to either shop for it or I want to find something similar. So hey, I really like this rug, but I don't want the $10,000 version. Like show me options that are similar. Um, that might be a better price point for me. So something, you know, in that lines, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of room to grow there, to grow the technology. I think that it works pretty well with what Pinterest offers today, but I think there's opportunities to definitely um, have a larger source of, of data um, and images to search for beyond, you know, the Pinterest platform. And so I think the fast Simon idea, having something different, um, that's really, that's their whole value proposition it could be, you know, it could be a unique play and it could be something that, um, you know, an acquisition could happen if they do it really well and it could roll into somebody else's platform. I can see that happening too, but I do think that image search is, is going to continue to grow and be important. Um, I, I do believe that, you know, as humans, like the visual memory of something that we have is is always really strong. And, and sometimes it's hard to find what you're looking for just through one platform. So being able to have some op opportunities to connect with uh, consumers with more of what they're actually looking for is, is a great value proposition that opens up a lot of uh, monetization opportunities as well. <laughs> There you go. Well, that's it. That's our show for this week. Uh, four stories there. A lot of stuff around sort of new ways to kind of engage in commerce or shop or, you know, have data plays around that. So thank you for listening and watching, everybody. Uh, you've been listening to episode number 540 of Location Weekly. We thank you for your time. Please reach out if you have story ideas uh, or feedback. Uh, we, we always uh, love to hear that stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show. So have a great week, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.